Worship. Say worship. worship. Our theme scripture um, this month is, is we've been talking about worship and, and worship is not really a choice. It's what God has designed you to do. But I, I hope that you're understanding worship in a whole new way because God is drawing worship from his believers. That's what he wants from you. Not complaining, but worship. All right? Let's read the word of God together. But, stop right there. Say, and now is. Say it again. One more time. Okay. When? What God seeks, God finds. And he's seeking true worshipers. And the enemy has been trying to stop you from worshiping God. And he's tried to get your attention. And he got your attention. And then he lied to you. And it's called mass deception. The issue is you fell for the deception. And that hindered the true worship from going back to God. But the spirit of the Lord is here. And it's breaking down every deceptive wall that the truth will set you free today. I heard the song say that you was a free worshiper. I heard you sing the law, so you had to believe it. By the time you said it the third time, it hit your belief system. You are a free worshiper. And you don't have to worship like anybody else. Huh? And singing is not the way to worship. It is an expression of worship. But you are free to worship God. Now, every lie that was told to you has to be held back. And every lie that has hindered you, you are now free. Amen. Amen. All right, so Jesus, Jesus, when he got, say I'm ready for ministry. When Jesus got ready for ministry, the devil tried to deceive him. And that's what we're going to look at today because Jesus showed us how to whoop that devil. You guys ready for it? Luke chapter number four, verse number one. Luke 4 and 1. <clears throat> Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Listen, when you begin to worship God truly, problems will dissipate. You bring God off of his throne by worshiping him. All right? He will show you his victory. Jehovah Nisi. 
He is the victory. All right. <clears throat> Luke chapter four, verse one. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to feast on your word. Come now. Mm, speak to our heart. Let your word change us that you may extract true worship out of us. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. And now, Lord, help me to decrease that your spirit may increase, that you would come and teach and preach to us, that you will be glorified today, and we, your body, will be edified. In Jesus' name, amen. Beginning at verse 1 of chapter number 4, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, what was he filled with? <clears throat> so are you. You ought to have got it happy on that one. <laughs> then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led, and was led by the Spirit. Now, this is a large spirit, by the Spirit, which means it's God's Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had eaten, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command the stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by. Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you. And their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. He tripping. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle, the highest place of the, of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, Throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they should bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now he's trying to tell him to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. I think he's told a few of us the same thing. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended his temptation, 
he departed from him until opportune time. The devil couldn't win because of how Jesus responded to him. The devil can't whoop you, but it's based on how you respond to him. The issue that I see here is that the devil left, but he coming back for another opportunity. A lot of people say there ain't no devil. There's a devil. He came after Jesus, and he's not after you. He's after the Jesus in you. So if he's after the Jesus in you, you ought to let Jesus whoop him then. <laughs> Amen. So Jesus, Jesus says this. He says, and he answered and said to him, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. But in verse number eight, Jesus answered him the second time and said, get ye behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. You shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. You shall worship. You shall worship. Give somebody a high five and say, you shall worship the Lord. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. You shall worship. It's not your choice. You shall worship the Lord. You shall worship the Lord. You can worship you for a season. But there's going to be a point in time when you're going to get sick of you. Mm-hmm. Some of you reached that already. <laughs> because God created you, gave you his spirit. And when his spirit came into you, it is to also come out of you. And when his spirit is released out of you, it is not you. It is the spirit of God coming out of you. When the spirit of God comes out of you, that is the God returning to himself. God is so God. When he got ready to make covenant, he put man to sleep so that he could swear by himself. Because man is not God enough to be in direct covenant with God. God had to make a promise and keep man out of it. So he put man to sleep so he could put a promise in place. Because man can break a promise and God could never break a promise. Yeah, you ought to get happy about that one one more time. As many promises that have been broken, people, oh, I'm with you. They was with you, and then they saw something they thought looked better. Huh? They was with you, and then you messed up, and they quit you. 
but you messed up and God loves you all the more. Ooh, isn't that good? Well, in this particular story, Jesus is getting ready for ministry. And right before he gets ready for ministry, on, in the earth realm, the Bible says that the spirit led him into the wilderness. And then you wonder, God, how did I get here? He led you there. Well, God, I don't have nothing. He knows. Well, God, I'm suffering right now. Yes, but in order to reign with me, you have to suffer with me. Say God's up to something. So if you know that God is up to something, while you're in the wilderness, you ought to worship him. Because worship speeds up the process. You, we all have to go through wilderness experiences. Because if we don't have a wilderness experience, then when God brings us out, we have nothing for God to bring us out of. For God to show himself to be the God of deliverance. He needs to put you in a place where his spirit can elevate. And God's not mad at you. You know, let me just say this for a minute. I thought God was really mad at me. Because I was an engineer by trade. And the thing about it is I didn't even finish my degree for engineering and got promoted to be the top engineer at the company of a semiconductor company. And I had people with PhDs reporting to me. That's favor. And the people with PhDs were assigned tasks to get things done and had tried to put patents in place that they couldn't get done. But there was a little old shepherd boy by the name of Felix. Did not have a PhD, but still holds the patent for titanium tungsten, the most durable metal that ever been created. Somebody say, God will do it. <clears throat> it was during this time that I recognize that it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. And the people that think it's what they know, God will sit you next to them so that you can watch them fail. Because sooner or later, God's going to show that it's all about the relationship that you have with him that brings forth the, oh goodness, the goodness of God in your life. So, I was an engineer, and I'll never forget, they said, we have a problem. And my manager called me at home and said, we have a problem, and we, it looks like we've lost almost $200 million because everything that at testing is failing. I said, I told you guys this problem was coming a long time ago. I said, somebody changed the target and I told the engineer and you check my email, I sent it on this date. But the engineer didn't want to listen to me because I was a little shepherd boy. Isn't it something that you'll get judged? Because you don't look like you know as much. 
But it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. He said, can you come in and help us? While I was on the way, now I'm going to just share this with you. I wasn't even sold out for Jesus yet. I had one foot in and one foot out. Let me tell you something. I never talk about people who don't show up every Sunday. Because I used to be one of those people. And when God got ready for me to show up every Sunday, he turned the switch on. And until he turned that switch on, I was in and out. Not the burger joint either. But once he turned, somebody say he'll do it. Once he turned it on, I've been stuck like glue. I don't mind being the first one here and the last one to leave. When God does it, he really does it. And so they told me, come on in and can you fix this? I said, I don't know. But I got there and I was praying, God, be glorified. That's all I prayed. God, be glorified. I went in. The Lord said, do this, this, and this. I grabbed one of the ones that had failed. Did everything God told me. It took me 12 hours to get it done. Sent the lot back over there. It had failed at 13%. Good. When they took it back over there, it was at 97.3%. Good. What am I saying? It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. And God has called each of one, one of you to get to know him. And you are spending so much trying, trying to get to know you that you miss out on knowing him. Thereby, when you don't know him, you don't know his plan. And when you don't know his plan, when it don't look like the way you want it to look like, you complain about his plan. But his plan is to work all things together for the good of those who love the Lord. Talk to me if you love the Lord. If you know that you know that you know that you love you some Lord Jesus, then you don't have to worry about nothing. You can start thanking him right about now. No matter what's going on in your life, you can begin to thank him because when you thank him, that is worship. But when you worry about it, that's called worry. And Jesus said, worrying don't add nothing to your statue. But worship brings King Jesus into your everything. And so God leads Jesus when he gets ready to prepare him for ministry. How many of you want to be used by God? When he got ready to use him, he said, into the wilderness, bruh. Come on, Jesus. And Jesus goes up in the mountains into the wilderness. Somebody say up. Isn't this something? Everybody wants to go up. 
The world has taught you upward mobility. I want to get higher. Look, when you start smoking weed, you, one joint wasn't enough. You wanted two. You wanted to get higher. When you was drinking liquor, one bottle wasn't enough. You wanted to get higher. I don't know what it is about the flesh that wants to go up. But God said, if I lead you up, I'm going to lead you up. And when I get you up, I won't let you fall down. So nothing but God can truly take you up. So when he leads Jesus up, somebody say that devil. That devil was waiting for him. And God knew the devil was going to be there. And he led him up there. Now, how come we get mad at God? God, you knew this was going to happen and you didn't go let me go through this. That's exactly what happened. We know God knows everything. But if it looks all bad, don't look at that. Look out with your holy eyes and know that something good is going to happen out of this. Isn't it something? I, I was talking to the people that week and they got some bad situation. And I said, start thanking God. Don't nobody want to thank God when you got a bad situation. Nobody wants to thank God when it's a bad situation unless you know God. If you know God, you'll know that it's not your bad situation. It's his. And if you give it to him, you know Everything he does is, he said, let there be light. He jumped back and it was, he separated the earth from the firmament and he stepped back and he said it. Everything that God spoke, he said was. And so what God has spoken over your life, it's all. And if you understand that, then you know no matter what happens in your life, it is working for the. But the devil is trying to convince you that your circumstance is beyond God changing. That's the first thing he does. So get, look at how he works. He approaches Jesus, knowing that Jesus is the son of God. Check, please. When you received his spirit, the devil knows now that you are the sons and daughters of God. Thereby, he is coming and he's going to use one tactic. It's called deception. Confusion. Why? Because the devil's confused. And he uses who he is to try to confuse you. So check out what he said. Verse number three, he said, And the devil said to him, You are the son of God. You are the son of God. Y'all hear that? What did the devil say to him? So if he said that to him, that meant he knew who he was. So if he tells him, you're the son of God, and then his next words, he says, command these stones to become bread. He says, you're the son of God, but obey me. That's trippy. 
That's like me telling Armani, I'm your daddy, but don't do what I say. Go do what the neighbors tell you to do. It don't make any sense. But that's what the devil tried to do. He tries to be deceptive. And it's up to you to respond to the devil. How do you respond to the devil that tells you, oh, you ought to just let loose. You ought to just get, ooh, they, they deserve your wrath. Had no business cutting you off and taking your parking space in the first place. Y'all laughing, you know that same devil was talking to you. Devil tell you who she thinks she is cutting in front of you. We do, I mean, that's the devil. You could care less if they cut in front of you. As a matter of fact, if they would have asked you, you would have let them go in front of you. But because the devil tricked you to think that you so important, all of a sudden, oh, they just doing that because they think they got one up on me. Even with your kids. Kids do something you want to let loose on. The thing about it is, that's an opportunity. The kids are just telling you, I need you to show me what true worship looks like. Because if you don't respond to them, but you respond to him, you are teaching them how to respond. When you start responding to God and thanking God, even when they're out of line and God goes and gets them in line because of your worship to him, then they say, oh, shoot, worship is the key. See, God is trying to help us lead people to worship. Did that help anybody? So, so he said, he said the devil tells tell Jesus what to do expecting Jesus to do it. The devil tries to get you to do stuff too. You know stuff is wrong and he tells you it'll make you feel good. Won't he? Don't he tell you that? He, he'll, he'll tell you that's what you're supposed to do. Oh, that's what men and women supposed to do. Not until you get married. How about that? I'm going to tell you the truth so that you can get good consequences. Shut the candy shop down and stop giving out cavities. Because no matter how good you think it is, it is destroying the soul. He said, but Jesus answered and said, well, what? Jesus, an- are y'all still there? Uh, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus answered when he was trying to deceive him. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the word. See, that's the thing. A woman don't keep a man by giving him herself. You can keep the man by giving him the word. 
Man can keep the woman by building her up with the word. When you use the word of God, he said, man does not live by bread alone. In other words, I'm not living to please my flesh, but I live by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. The word that comes from God. Jesus said, you can't get me to join your program because I don't hear what you're saying. When you put the word of God in front of everything, well, yeah, the word of God changes everything. Let's get into that for a minute. I'm, 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 as a matter of fact, I'm just, we're just going to go here and then we're going to quit because I think this is going to be enough. Um, go to 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 16. <clears throat> 2 Timothy 3, 6, 16. This might be enough. We might get to go home. Are we going to go home? This is going to be enough. It might not be enough. Okay, here we go. <laughs> All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Check this out. And is profitable. You trying to get profit through money. Money will come to an end one day. The word of God is eternal. Keep it. Whereby with the word you can get money. But the money can't get you no word. So then if you get your priorities right and use the word of God to govern your life. Bank of America does not govern your life. Neither does Chase. You can chase them all day. But they do not govern your life. Neither does Wells or the Fargo. It says, the word of God. What do you need? What do you need? This is what you need. That's why God called me so that I could give you the word of God. I want you to know what God has to say, not what people have told you and not what you thought about. This is what God said. He said, my word is profitable for you. That's not all. <laughs> 16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Okay, it's profitable for what? Doctrine. This is doctrine. This is his word. It's profitable for you. Okay? Number two. For reproof. Okay? Re reproof. Get this. Take off the re. It's proof. But why is it reproof? Well, sometimes you need to get it proven over. 
And I, I like God because he had Matthew write it, the gospel. If you read Matthew, boy, you get it because you got the whole gospel. But then he wrote Mark and Mark wrote it again. So you got the same story again, but by a different writer. Then Luke comes along for the ones who are astute from a doctor's point of view. And he writes it, the ones who like prescription, because he prescribes the word of God. Then John, for the ones who want to be intimate with God. And he writes it from an intimate place and talks about what we're studying about is the true worshiper. And so he talks about the inner man. He says, reproof is conviction. Now, what, what, what I like about the word reproof and the word conviction is in the world sense, when you get convicted of something, normally you got to do some time behind bars. But when God reproofs you, you are now given what's called grace. And your conviction turns you from doing wrong into doing right. And instead of going to jail, grace runs over and covers up the wrong so you can just stay focused on doing right. That's what the word of God does. It reproofs you. Gives you another start. What else does the word do? For correction. The word will correct you. And sometimes we need to be corrected again. Because sometimes we, wanna, we want to believe the lie. The devil will tell you the same lie. And you know the truth. But you want to believe the lie. I'm saying that because I'm speaking from experience. I don't know about all pastors, but this pastor will tell you the truth. Huh? There's some, sometimes, you know, I want to please Felix. Don't mean I do. But sometimes I want to. And when I want to please Felix, I start thanking God like I've never thanked him before. Because that's the only thing that directs me from Felix. Because when I start thanking God, then I remember what God done for Felix. And when I remember what God done for Felix, now I no longer want to please Felix. I want to please the God who saved Felix. Is there anybody in here who is grateful about being saved? Knowing, knowing good and well you was on your way to hell. But God, he uses this word to correct us. And then what? For instruction. What do I do when I don't know what to do? The word says, be still. Open up your spiritual eyes and see the salvation of the Lord. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. Wait a minute, this salvation. I'm talking about the saving grace. How many of you are saved? Saving grace. How many of you got saved more than one time? Saving grace. Huh? Oh, I'm saved. Yeah, you are. 
You are. And because God saves you, it's saving grace. So when you mess up again, you get saved up again. So God's saving grace through the instruction brings you to righteousness. Who's doing this? God. God is doing everything. So Jesus says, Satan, this is about God's word. And that's what you need to tell him. Satan, I'm not entertaining you no more. This is about God's word. And don't worry about your problems anymore. Put God's word on it. God, you said. And when you put God, you said on the problem, what did God say about the problem? He said he's the solution to it. God, you're the solution. And I'm going to praise my solution. And when you begin to worship and praise your solution, your solution gets access. He has no access until you speak the word back to God. Is that good? Will the word work? Verse 17. Do we lose it? That the man of God may be what? And? For what? Okay, okay. so God gives you his word so his word can correct you, reproof you, bring you back. The word, the word is changing you right now. And when you tell God, God, I'm struggling with this. God, you're giving him access to help you. But if you're going to sit there and say, this is just who I am, that's a lie. That's what the devil told you. He says, I'm giving you word to make you complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The reason why you can't stop doing it is because you're not getting enough word. If you get the word, the word will thoroughly complete you for every good work. What does that mean? If it's not good, you won't work on it. Somebody say the word. Verse 18, and we're going home. Okay, that's it. All right. So listen, you're equipped already you have it all jesus deals with satan one time and gives him the word satan comes back and says i'm gonna take you to a higher place he's gonna try and take you to show you things of the world and if you search after the things of the world that gives him access to deal with you but if you stick with god you can have the rest. Don't let the enemy distort your belief system. I believe God, that's it, that settles it. I'm giving myself wholly to God. And when you give yourself wholly to God, the word has total access to change you. 
The issue is, will you completely surrender? God sent his very best, his son, to die on the cross after he was tempted. Then the enemy comes back, shows him all the world and says, now this is how crazy the devil is. He shows him everything that Jesus has authority over. Jesus has authority over everything. He shows Jesus the world and say, I have all the authority here because he has no wisdom. That means he will talk to you and tell you crazy stuff. And, and some, let's just be honest. You have believed some of the stuff the enemy has told you. Oh, you can't never work this out because it's just too bad. God works bad for good. This will never work. This will never amount to anything. You don't believe none of that. God is faithful, and he who began the good work in you, he ain't going to leave you broke down. He's going to raise you up. So the enemy tells him the second time, he, takes, he says, you know, we shall, we shall worship the God only. He said, Throw yourself off. And that's what the enemy will do. He'll get you so caught up in sin, then he'll tell you to kill yourself. That's what he does. He, he, he's trying to feed you stuff to get you depressed. He's deceiving your mind. And the word of God washes away deception. And so when he told Satan, uh, uh, he told Jesus, uh, throw yourself down, kill yourself. All the angels, are, he said, don't tempt God. God don't tempt us. He said, but we shall worship. He didn't say we might have to worship him. He said, we shall worship and serve God only. Yeah, you get in the relationship, and if you start worshiping who you're in the relationship more than you're worshiping God, it's a problem. Breaking news. That's how it fall apart. But if you worship God, he will hold everything else together. Even you and the thoughts that the enemy's trying to get you to believe. God said, I did all of this. I showed you how to fight the, the enemy. Fight him with what I've told you already. Don't give in to the temptation of pleasing you. It's all about pleasing God. Do you know that when you begin to please God, it puts a shelter over your whole family? That's what happens. And no matter what the enemy tries to do, he can't win because worship is in place. And God lives in it. And God wants you to know he wants your true worship. He wants you to stop listening to the lies that the devil is telling you. He has placed ministry in you. And the devil is trying to stop you. Breaking news, he can't. What God has begun, he will 
complete. The devil said, okay, let me just take you to one last height. Let me take you to the church house, to the highest point of the temple. He couldn't get him to worship him. No matter what he showed him or what he told him. Because God had already showed him the movie. He said the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. Before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you. Okay, God has already shown you the movie. So why believe a lie when you know the truth? And all God wants you to do is worship him. If you truly believe him, you can't help but thank him. All the people that really believe him just begin to thank him.